0: All right. So what we're going to do with the remainder of our time is uh, kind of get you up to speed on some of the things that are happening, um, like in the next few weeks and next few months. All right. I can't even see anything here. Hold on. All right. The first thing is you've probably heard, uh, maybe if you're if you are a follower of Jesus, you've probably heard a little bit about. This revival happening in Kentucky, Asbury University. Um, it's a it's a university, actually, that has experienced revival in times past. And they just had a move of God, an outpouring of the Spirit, very sweet, very gentle. It lasted for, at least in, in the extraordinary way of just kind of, you know, shutting down the school partially. And, you know, thousands of people coming together to pray. It lasted for about two weeks. Um, but that uh- Outpouring that two-week blip. It's a very small town, I guess. It's about three thousand, a little over three thousand people, and I've I've heard that over a uh, hundred thousand people poured in. It kind of overwhelmed the infrastructure of uh, not just the university, but but the town itself. Um, I would highly recommend reading an article by Christianity Today. You can find it if you just do Asbury Revival Christianity Today. Um, beautiful, well-written. Uh, account of what, what happened there. Um, really beautiful. But it has ignited something. Mm it has uh, caused a certain hunger in many uh, different places, in not just colleges and universities around the country, but also churches, and there's a lot of talk, there's a lot of buzz. Uh, it's happening in, in, in Providence as well, and uh, kind of the northeast, north, uh, you know, kind of northern regions as well, just amongst, amongst pastors. Uh, good things are happening. And, you know, the last move of God that has impacted the really the entire nation There's been little blips here and there, little, you know, maybe one church that experiences revival for a few years. But really the last significant move of God that swept the country was the Jesus movement, uh, which was the early 1970s. Uh, Kind of a messy movement, kind of a crazy movement, but it was definitely a genuine move of God that spread throughout the country and started pretty much in California, uh, San Francisco and Southern California. And spread all throughout the South and into places like Chicago, which was a hub. It was really all over the place. And God poured out His spirit upon Protestants and Catholics. And it was a beautiful, beautiful time. But that was 50 years ago. I mean, I was f- like five. You know, four or five years old, I didn't hear anything about it. I don't remember maybe I, I don't know I just I don't recall anything. But what's been happening in this nation in the last 50 years? We've been in decline, in spiritual decline. The church is in crises, really, in this country. Um, Churches have closed down. Uh, Pastors have quit the ministry left and right. Um, I won't get into all the bad news there, but it is an absolute decline of the church in this nation it doesn't mean that it's all bad there's good things happening new church plants that are happening some fresh movements, some good emphasis on the gospel and all that is wonderful but i'm saying overall big picture in this nation since the jesus movement you know probably starting in the late 70s 80s there's just been a decline of christianity in this country. We are overdue for a move of God. We need desperately a fresh move of God in this present generation, especially it seems like God is really doing what God chose, Asbury University, he chose, uh, you know, 18, 19, 20 year olds to pour out his spirit upon. And it does seem like the hunger and the thirst is coming from the younger generation, which I am super excited about. There's a part of me that's like sad because it it, kind of makes me realize You know, my generation kind of missed it. You know, we tasted it. We experienced uh, little bits of revival here and there in various places. But uh, by and large, we, I think, as a generation, the older generation, those I'm talking about those in their maybe 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s in this place, we've dabbled in it, but for the most part, I think my generation has been way too caught up in in this present world. And it's been, we've heard the call of God to seek him and to pursue revival, but we basically disobeyed that call. Um, So I'm sad about that, but I'm also excited uh, to see God move in the young generation. And to just play my role, you know, God's been telling me, get out of the way, <laughs> you know, hand the torch, um, you know, come alongside, be supportive, make room for the upcoming generations. Like, let them take ownership of the the moves of God, because it's for them. The promises of God are for them. And listen, God is not a respecter of generations. It's not like God is like, here, here comes a generation. Nah, I don't know. Nah, I don't don't like the way they look. Okay, next one comes, next generation comes, God's like, I don't know, maybe not, maybe not, maybe I'll wait. And then the next one comes around. No, the promises are new and fresh for every single generation. The promise of the Holy Spirit, the promise of an abundant life, the promise to live in the power of the Holy Spirit, all that is for every single generation. I mean, it goes back to the birthday of the church that you can read about in Acts chapter 2, right? And the Holy Spirit fell on 3,000 uh, people, right? And the church was birthed, and what was the promise? This promise of the Holy Spirit being poured out is for you, yes. Peter said in his sermon 2,000 years ago. And it's for your children. Mm. And it's for your children's children. And everyone upon whom the Lord will call so that is this generation of young people God is calling them to his fullness well in light of that I'll tell you a little bit about what's been happening in secret it's not really a secret but there's a little space down maybe a half a mile from here maybe less than that. It's um, uh, kind of a community space of Sanctuary Church, our friends at Sanctuary Church. And so coming out of the pandemic nobody no pastors didn't pray during the pandemic i'm just kidding um but we didn't pray together at least in providence we, we kind of put a pause on that and i think just because we were all in survival mode but then coming out of the pandemic we began to pick it up again and we began to meet in the little community space down there in the jewelry district at, at the sanctuary church space uh, you know, at first it started. Uh, I think I was at the first one. There was maybe I don't know half a dozen or eight, maybe ten people who came, ten pastors who came, and then it started to just kind of slowly grow. And the last last and we do it monthly, um, the last uh, gathering we had was probably close to thirty pastors, and it's just been growing every not just numerically, but growing in intensity and just the thickness of God's presence. And by the way, this is not all one denomination. Uh, Sanctuary Church is evangelical covenant. We're non-denominational. Uh, there's some of the reformed uh, pastors in the in the city are a part of that. Baptist pastors, other church plant, charismatic assemblies of God, all different denominations coming together. But we're seeing this beautiful common thread of just hunger and thirst for God to move in our city. Yeah. I think we all realize that despite whatever we're proud of, our theology, our particular style of worship, or our different, you know, every denomination and different churches have all their, you know, distinctives and unique aspects. But, you know, we're all kind of in that same place of like, all right, we've 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 run these things out. Like, we've put our energies in for years. Uh, and I know the pastors, they work hard um, all of these pastors, the 30 plus, 30, 40 of them that I know in the in the greater, in the, really in the in Providence, in the Providence area, they they love the Lord, they love God, and and yet we've seen so few results through the years. We are all really just in that place of being desperate for God to move and to break forth and as we always pray to do what only God can do and so these prayer gatherings have just been, been incredible they're not uh, so much lead, uh, you know, maybe Andrew will kind of you know, kick it off uh, you know, we'll have somebody lead some worship and, but it just kind of flows and, and you know, there's just a, it's a, I don't know how else to explain it other than the presence of God is there and so out of that, you know, we've been realizing that, um, hey, what God is doing amongst these you know, 30 or so pastors, he wants to do in a, in a larger way. And he wants to bring us together as as churches. So that is what we are going to be doing on March Wednesday, March fifteenth at seven p.m. Uh, we're going to be meeting at the Gloria Day Church, which is right across from the Cheesecake Factory, right across from the Providence Place Mall. Um, it's it's actually the place where Sanctuary Church meets. Um, Fifteen Hayes, and the info is on our newsletter. So make sure you're on the newsletter. But this, listen, this gathering has been birthed and bathed in many prayers by pastors. Mm -hmm. And so, listen, I I want you to, I'm really asking that you make every effort possible to be there. And just, uh, you know, it's just going to be a time of worship. We do have a special guest coming from New York City who's... um, a pastor in New York, John Tyson. So we're going to have a wonderful speaker. He's a great communicator, Church of the City. Um, they've been doing great work for years. It used to be Trinity Grace and parish model with like 10 or 12 different churches. John Tyson, he's an author, a speaker. He's friends with Tim Keller. Tim, call, Tim Keller called him the Bishop of New York. All right. <laughs> I say that, that, that kind of says it all. But in that sense, because I think he is a unifier and he's not coming from one stream, but he has this way of just bringing Bringing together all the different streams of Christianity, and so I'm excited about John Tyson coming, but I'm a lot more excited about Jesus manifesting His glory when we come together. I'll tell you a story, and I'm not exaggerating here. When we've done these things in the past, um, you know, there was a time where, when we were in our other location, 77 Reserve, we we partnered together with uh, several, maybe 10 or 12 different south side churches. And we were doing some outreaches, and I think maybe it was called Hope Festival, and just doing, but we were praying in preparation for that. And there were times where we would just come together and pray, and there were times we would, you know, meet, the churches would kind of come together, like I think a Sunday night, and pray. And I remember, that was a time in the life of Ransom's church where the presence of God was strong, God was doing great things, but we would come together, 10, 12 different churches, all different pastors, different denominations, different styles, we would come together. And I'm telling you, I'm not exaggerating, the power of God was so strong that we couldn't even explain it. Why? Because God loves unity. Because God's presence and power is made manifest when pastors sort of wash each other's feet, when churches stop with a competitiveness and just say, you know what, you're my brothers and sisters in Christ and I want to be with you and I want to pray with you and I want to serve you. God is pleased with that. Yes. The quickest way to quench a move of God is ego competitiveness pettiness you know putting down other churches we don't't want we don't anything to do with that this you know God looks down on Providence and he sees one true church that's made up of many different you know physical buildings and different you know denominations and churches and whatnot but he his he has a people in this city and when those people gather together, Man, God is eager to move. So I, I say, just you know, don't miss that. It's going to be Wednesday, March fifteenth. Um, come early, you know, to seek the Lord. Um, you'll definitely hear a good, good message. Um, John Tyson's church actually in New York City is going through it's kind of neat that we planned this a long time ago but it's kind of neat that this is happening but you know John's church which my daughter actually goes to because she lives in New York City is I mean it's experiencing an incredible move of God right now like their pre-meetings went from like you know 12 people to 400 people and I mean they've just been praying every day and there's something happening John Tyson went down to the Asbury Revival and you said just like cried for six hours, drove all the way down there and just wept for six hours, <laughs> and I think drove back, you know, like God is moving in in John's life powerfully, and so we're excited just to kind of be a part of, you know, what God is doing in his life, and he's excited to be with us, so um, yeah, all that said, be, uh, put that on your calendar, and, and just be there. So as a way to uh, prepare for that gathering, I mean, we can all be preparing on our own, right? But we have our kind of midweek gathering. is on Thursday. It's called Refresh. And usually we just, it's like usually an hour, and we have a little content, and then we just break into groups and and talk and pray for a bit. You know, simple gathering. By the way, it's, you know, everyone's welcome to come to that. Kids are welcome. Everyone's welcome. This... uh, It's not this Thursday, is it? No, is it this Thursday? Oh my gosh, this is coming up so fast. Okay, so this Thursday coming would be the Thursday before the Wednesday. You guys following that? (laughs) Uh, So this Thursday, we are going to kind of put aside our regular programming, and we are going to just, I'm going to preach uh, kind of a tiny message on revival and on moves of God, Mm -hmm. just to kind of stir hearts. Yes. Yes. And then I've asked uh, one of my pastor friends, Zach Lance of his Providence Church. He's actually not in Providence. He's way out in Swansea. I always give him a hard time for that. He should come into Providence. Um, But he is an amazing pastor and an amazing worship leader. Uh, God is really moving in his church. And he's usually the one that either Andrew or Zach, Andrew's kind of passed it to Zach. He's been kind of leading the worship in the pastor gatherings. Very gifted and just, God has been moving. So I asked him, would you come? It was kind of a shot in the dark, really. I'm sure the guy's so busy, his church is like kind of a thousand people or something. I'm like, hey, would you come and hang out with like 10 of us <laughs> and lead worship for us? And he like responded back in an instant. He was like, I'll be there. Um, so that, that's a treat for us. Again, it's not about the personality, about Zach, but we're just going to turn this space right here. Into a prayer room this Thursday from seven. We're going to go a little longer to about eight thirty. So, like I said, I'll I'll open us up with like maybe a twenty-minute fiery little talk to motivate us, and then I'm just going to hand it over to Zach. And you can just be—you can sit wherever, you know, walk around, just shut away in the back corner, and we're just going to have a time of preparing our hearts uh, for this gathering and for what God is doing in this season. Amen. Uh, so batch, so I'm going to fill up your whole calendar. Uh right? just get out your Google calendars right now. No, I'm just I'm just kidding. Um last thing I'm going to I'm going to have to make this quick cuz I'm already over time but this will be my last thing. But I do want to get you thinking about this. Um this shift that we're going to be doing in May. And I know this is brand new information for some, which is good, okay, it's fine. This is to help you to process it. We don't want to spring this too quickly on everyone. But I'll be talking about what we've been kind of calling the hybrid model. Um, So in May, come May, we will only gather all together in this space on the first and the third Sundays of the month. The second and fourth Sundays of the month, we are going to be scattered in different geographic locations. So if you live in Cranston, if you live in East Bay, if you live in Warwick, if you live in Providence or wherever, like College Hill, we're going to have small gatherings of maybe 20 or 30, maybe 40, maybe 50, I don't know, we'll see what happens in these different locations. And we'll give you all that detail later, but they'll be in schools or athletic centers or different spaces that we're using or renting. All right? So this is different. Um, Part of the reason, here's a few reasons why we're doing this, all right? Number one, it fosters deeper relationships, including a deeper connection between children and adults. The older teaching, the younger, and discipleship can happen in that context. Number two, it allows robust participation of each member. That just isn't possible in a big gathering like this. Number three, it enables us to live out the one another verses in scripture. In a small community, you really get to know people. Not in one day, but as you regularly go to a smaller community, you get to know them. And you can there's no way you can actually fulfill the one another commands unless you know people. Number four, it develops leaders, new leaders, and allows giftings to be cultivated. You know, so again, so I'm not doing all the work. We're all sharing the burden of ministry. Uh, My job is really to equip, right? Ephesians 4, my my job is to equip you to do works of ministry. You guys are supposed to be doing the ministry. I'm supposed to be doing the equipping. So when all we have is big church, it means that almost all the leading is done by, you know, a tiny percentage of people in the community, like the pastor and a few others. The small church concept makes room for new and young leaders to develop. Yes. And lastly, number five, it also makes the gospel more accessible to people who live in those geographic areas. Mm-hmm. I know some, I know for me, I live in Warwick. It's kind of a stretch to be like to my Warwick neighbor, "Hey, would you come to?" 184 Broad Street in you know in Providence, it's actually on the south side of Providence, to come to a church service, like they'd probably fall out of their chair, you know, it's just it's like another universe to them so part of it you know, is we want to put the gospel, make the gospel and make this kind of ch- small church expressions like in places that are going to make it more accessible, I know you guys are crazy, you might live in Warwick, you might live in Fall River or whatever and you'll come here because whatever, it doesn't even care because you know Jesus is here, but we're Talking about we're talking about serving people who are kind of far from God and, and making this good thing that's happening in our midst more accessible to them. Um, so right now, there's about a hundred people who are involved in our because these small communities are happening actually there's five of them and we meet just once a month maybe twice a month in these different geographic areas so if you want to be a part of one of these uh, even now um, like let us know let me know come to the welcome table after service and we'll you know we'll kind of figure out where you live and you know whatever they all happen pretty much they all happen right now on Sunday afternoons uh, or Sunday early evenings uh, but again once we hit next they will be, most of them will be some, really during this time, either 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock in the morning um, in the different locations. On the fifth Sundays, we'll keep doing what we've been doing, just have a big community meal here, uh, water baptisms, maybe joint services with other churches. That's been wonderful. Um, what else? Yeah, I'll say this too. In these smaller... Expressions of church in these different geographic areas, we are not going to have traditional kids' programming. And what I mean by that, I'm not against traditional kids' programming, but we're not going to separate the kids out into another room or the basement or whatever to have a special thing. Now, for some of us, we're like so attached to the American church model of separating the kids out so, you know, the adults can have their time with Jesus. But we we are, oof, I could preach a message on this. We are so passionate to make our kids feel connected in yes. part of us, part of the family. As Jesus said, the kingdom of God is for them. Yes, and I would love to see the kids even participating and sharing things. Listen, I've seen it with my own eyes. I've been at a prayer meeting one time. I will never forget this little kid, seven years old, Ben, who was just absolutely crying out to God for God to pour out his spirit. He was seven years old. Yes, only kids can't understand the gospel, and the kids can't understand the power of the Holy Spirit. No. We want them to be. We don't want them to shoo you know, like the disciples. Get these kids out of here. You know, she, they we're trying to have a time with Jesus, and the kids are in the way. You know, we are we're flipping that yes. script completely, and we are going to include them. We're going to maybe let them lead at times. Yes. They're going to have things to say. They might have prophecies yes. for us, you know, from the mouth of babes. The word. God may be spoken amen we want to value them celebrate them include them not just like okay we'll let the kids be perfect no include them deeply because the revival is theirs and these promises are for them well this shift is coming soon like I said it's a big it's a big change Uh, for us and for those who are brand new in the church and you're kind of like oh I've just been coming here for a couple months or whatever and just should I be like I this is like crazy, right? You might go, I just wanted to kind of like sit in the back for a few months and, you know, for the year and just kind of check it out. It's like different. You're like being, it's like you're being thrown into the deep end like right away. Oh man, I got to be part, I got to get to know people. right? So I, the temptation, I get it, is to like, you know what, I don't know, let's just go somewhere else for a while. Maybe we'll swing back around to Ren Church, you know, in a year or two, see how it's going. But I just invite you to take this risk uh, with us and jump into this experience, yeah. experiment, <laughs> uh, experiment with us yes. and, and watch what God will have. Because I feel like it's going to be incredible. Yes. This isn't like a thing we came up with last week. This has been blooming in me for Probably three to five years, intensely, all through the pandemic, it was brewing in me that we need to break this down into smaller, vibrant kind of spirit, uh, spirit communities. Uh, So I feel like if you're new and you're like, oh, I don't know, like this, I'm telling you, it's exciting. It's exciting. Jump in. Uh, So if anybody wants more information about any of that, you can come to the welcome table right over there, talk to Catherine or John or myself, I'm always floating around I uh, love you guys, thank you for listening I know this was a little longer and a crazy service with all different components to it but it's been good, eh? it's been been a great time Father thank you for uh, what you're going to do in the coming days thank you for the way you're already stirring hearts and the way you're going to pour out your spirit thank you for your desires for providence and for greater providence and for our lives and for this young generation coming up Lord that you have a plan for them and it's not a small thing it's exceedingly abundantly beyond what they could even ask or imagine and so Lord do it yes. in our time yes. we pray in Jesus name amen, yes, amen. amen. I love you amen. thank you